0: This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 152. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Tom Sumstat Jr. And I'm Chris Fox. And in this episode, we are going to talk once again to Chris Fox, as you probably just figured out. Chris, thanks for being back with us once more. Um, you are quickly approaching, uh, I think we've only had... One other guest on three times, is that right, Thomas? We've had Joanna Penn on three times, we've had
1: Lacey on three times, and now Chris Fox. Uh so Lacey Williams, Joanna Penn, and Chris Fox. I
0: feel like that's a, a good group to be in. That's <laughs> distinguished company right there. It <laughs> is, indeed. <laughs> indeed. And Chris is on, you know, he's in the San Francisco area, so he's on Pacific Standard Time, which is the time zone. So, Thomas, uh, you have to adjust to us this episode, which I love.
1: (laughs) That's right. So we we record this ahead of time, uh, for those of you listening, and we record often in multiple time zones. Uh, Joanna Penn's the widest uh, gap, and this is the narrowest, so... Uh, But for those of you just (laughs) tuning into this episode for the first time, Chris Fox is the real deal. He doesn't just write successful fiction. He teaches fiction and his students have gone on to thrive and succeed at fiction themselves. And he writes nonfiction too, because why not? Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, the title of the show, I think, gives away a little bit maybe of your secret to success. Uh, Well-paid authors uh, seem to agree that... Uh, if you want to make money, you need to write a lot of books. Uh, but the challenge is that a lot of authors write slow. Uh, Chris, you wrote a book titled 5,000 Words an Hour. What the heck?
2: <laughs> that is my most clickbaity title. I'm very proud of it.
0: <laughs> oh, well, are you kidding me? Of course it is, because we're all going, what? you got to be kidding me. I'm feeling great at 1,000 words an hour, and you're saying five is possible? So, yeah, I think a lot of people right now are going, okay, I'm all ears. Uh, talk to us. <laughs> So but
1: first, let's just ask the question, because it needs to be asked, why is writing fast important? Writing fast is important
2: in in my mind, because for us to reach a level of expertise where we're really good at our craft and can actually turn out a novel that people really want to read, we're usually going to have to do multiple drafts. And if you're writing a 100,000 word book, the faster you can get those 100,000 words down, the sooner you have a complete draft, the more you can learn about storytelling, the better you get at this craft, if it takes you three years to write that hundred thousand words versus thirty days, then then all of that development is going to be slowed down and sort of decelerated. It, it's like if you were, um, let's say, a baker. You know, you would get to be better as a baker by baking for eight hours a day and and you know trying to get faster and better at turning out the cakes that you worked on and building that level of mastery. Um, and I think that you just get there much much faster than if you spend you know a half hour
1: once a week baking some cookies. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so there's this. Uh, <laughs> Principle of ten thousand hours uh, that gets thrown around. A lot of people hear this uh, term ten thousand hours, but it's not just ten thousand hours. It's ten thousand hours of deliberate practice, uh, which means that you're actually trying to get better. You're measuring your, um, you know, looking at how you did. You watch your performances. You know, if you're a swimmer, you watch yourself swimming in slow motion. You know, all of that is deliberate practice, and practice does make perfect. And if somebody is only practicing an hour a day, it takes them ten thousand days to get to. Ten thousand hours, uh, and that's a long, long time. Uh, and I think with writing, it could be fair to say that it maybe it's not ten thousand hours. That's maybe five hundred thousand words. <laughs> like once somebody's written five hundred thousand words or a hundred thousand words, that's when they really find their groove and things get better. Uh, so, how do you write faster? What's what's the key? So I,
2: I like most people who are probably listening, was trying to fight having a very busy day job. I, I was a software engineer. I worked at a startup. You know, and, and everybody knows what the hours are like at a startup. It was 68 hours a week. And I really badly wanted to find a way to to finish novels in in kind of a a decent time frame so I could make a living at this. And I only really had an hour a day. So for me, it was the bus ride into work. And I was just obsessed with maximizing that one hour. Like, how many words can I fit into that hour? What can I do to become a better, faster writer? How can I make this more efficient? Uh, I'm in technology, so that was kind of my whole thing. Um, and I spent every day for for months trying to engineer the best possible process to get faster. And what it comes down to for me is I write full tilt in what I call writing sprints um, for a fixed period of time. In my case, I, I like 20 minutes. I'll start a timer and I get to write for 20 minutes with no interruptions. So you're, you're not going to allow the Internet. You're turning that off. You're turning your phone off you know, you're going to the bathroom ahead of time, you're making sure there's no interruptions. And for that 20 minutes, all I do is write. I'm not allowed to go back and edit. I can't stop writing. I just finish that chapter. And and the idea there is, sure, there's going to be tons of editing that needs to happen after the fact, but I can wait until I finish the writing to do that. So I focus everything on that initial production and getting those words down. And I found that segregating writing and editing that way really, really helped my productivity.
0: Okay. Talk to us, Chris, about the, because you hear this bantied about all the time, kill the editor, kill the editor, kill the editor, and just write. But how do you how do you train your brain to do that?
2: Uh, I, you know, I kind of made an inner deal with my, my, you know, the critic that we all have, that inner critic. And, and I told myself, critic, listen, you can tell me that something is wrong. You can make a note of it, but you can't really harp on it and force me to fix it right now. So if I write some dialogue that I feel is clunky, for example, Um, I'll make note of it and maybe I'll jot down something in the margin uh, that that I need to come back later and work on that. But that's all the time that I give my critical self when I'm writing. And and over time, you know, with this deal that I made with myself, I've I've gotten better at turning that voice off because that voice knows that when I'm done, I am going to put my editor's hat on and and I am going to go back and do all that same work. So it's sort of forgiving yourself doing it right now because you know for a fact you're going to do it later.
0: And did that take time? In other words, did, did did it take time for you to get to that point? Did that voice argue with you for months or years, or did it did it come very, fairly quickly? It took probably several months.
2: Um, and like, I think, a lot of beginning authors, I got into this rut where I would start writing a paragraph and I would tinker on the prose. And you know at the end of the day, I would have added 57 words because I rewrote the same paragraph like 19 different times. Um, this whole process is designed to stop that kind of um that lock that we fall into where where we can't produce because we are stuck doing the same thing over and over and over
1: yeah that's so good and i think it's really powerful uh, what you said and i want to underline it and and that is you're not saying you're not going to fix it because uh, i think a lot of people feel like they have to tell their editor this is never going to get better this will always be terrible you're just saying i'm not going to fix it now And in a sense, you're getting procrastination to work for you instead of against you, where you're procrastinating the editing and you're just writing like crazy rather than trying to kind of have everything be perfect as it goes along. Exactly. And and what this did for me long term is I found that
2: once you start seeing errors, so let's say I wrote 40,000 words and then I went back to edit those 40,000 words and I found the same nervous writing text, like maybe I overuse a certain word or I make the same mistake or you know, like in my first novel, I didn't know what a comma was. Um, if you're making those those kinds of mistakes consistently, once you see it, you can still write very fast, but you'll stop making that mistake. So the more you do this process where you're doing these writing sprints, the cleaner your writing gets. And it gets to a point now where I can turn out an 80,000 word novel in about three weeks, uh, and that I have to do only one passive editing before I publish that. Say that again, Chris. So I guess what I'm saying is your self-editing speed will improve dramatically by making yourself um, write fast.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I think Jim just fell out of his chair uh, when you said just one pass of editing.
0: <laughs> well, no, that it, no, I actually not. I, I was fascinated by... By it because that's me too. I, I do not have to do draft after draft, after draft, after draft. What, what I'm interested in, and, and I know this is part of your five point process, Chris, so I want you to address this, but you do say, I think the second step is know what you are going to write. If I know what I'm going to write going in and I'm, I'm kind of a classic pantser, but if I know what I'm going into, write, man, I can absolutely scream through. I I mean, I can, you know, pump out probably, you know, 2,000, words an hour, but To get up to 5,000, that definitely seems like a stretch. So anyway, that's a bit of a digression. Take us through your five-step process. Wow, I haven't seen my five steps in forever.
1: Um, I I dug this off your website doing research uh, for this show. If you'd like, I can feed you the name of the step and you can tell us what it means. Please please do, (laughs) and then I'm happy to say what that step is. (laughs) Um, So so step one is clear the decks. Okay, so clearing
2: the decks is very straightforward. When you sit down at your computer, if you have... um, You know, a a video game open in one tab, and you've got nine different Facebook tabs open, and a whole bunch of email stuff open, and all these distractions going. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to sit down and just write. So the very first thing that I attempt to do, and I'm borrowing this from John Cleese. He he gave a wonderful talk on creativity, and what he said you needed to do was to create a, a tortoise enclosure where you're not going to be interrupted. And the first step of that is anything, anything, anything that could be interrupted needs to be destroyed. So turn off your email, turn off your phone, go in the house, go to the bathroom, get your coffee made, anything that's going to prevent you from writing that might cause you to look away or stop, clear the decks, get that taken care of so that you've eliminated every external excuse that's going to prevent the writing.
1: And if you're on a Mac, there's a do not disturb mode now that you can turn on on your Mac itself, where the things that would normally pop up and notify you can get suspended. And I know Scrivener and several other writing apps now have distraction free mode, which when Scrivener came out with that, it was like revolutionary, changed the world. And everyone else is like, oh, yeah, we'll totally steal that feature. Uh, But it kind of hides the whole screen. So there's nothing to see but words on a white page, uh, which is. think really powerful. Okay. Step two, know what you are going to write. So what I do is every morning
2: I wake up at 5am and I go to the gym and I spend the first hour working out. And what I'm doing mentally during that hour is I'm thinking about the scenes that I'm going to write that day. So maybe I have them meticulously plotted out, which is usually the case these days on, on my current novels, but back in the day was not the case. I was more of a pantser. But by playing the movie projector in my head and thinking about these scenes, when I actually went to sit down at my desk, I knew what the scene was about. I knew the emotional states of the characters and kind of what they were after in a given scene. And I found that if I did that before I sat down, the words just flowed. But if I didn't, if I just sat down at the computer and sort of looked at my outline and tried to figure out what chapter I was going to work on, sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. But knowing consistently,
1: what it was that I was going to write definitely helped get me into flow state way, way faster. So that is a hack right there. I hope you all heard what he just said about going to the gym and thinking about it and just having the freedom to think about it without trying to write. Man, that is so powerful. And uh, I will say that has happened to me a few times outlining episodes for novel marketing. I'll be in the gym and just episode after episode will come and sometimes I have to get off the treadmill and start jotting down notes <laughs> or at least uh, ideas because <laughs> there's too much I can't. I can't handle it. Uh, but that's really good. Okay. Step three is start the clock. What is that? So this is where I was talking about writing
2: sprints. The idea is if you are writing against a clock, um, you, you have pressure to keep putting words down on the page. You're much less likely to stop and go back and look at what you've written. And what this does is get you into flow state. So for, for those that are, are not neuroscience geeks, there is a trackable brain state that that we refer to as flow state or the zone you'll often hear athletes call it. And if you think about the best chapter that you ever wrote, it probably happened when you were in flow state where the words just came and you got to the end of it and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that was me. Well, your your goal by starting the clock is to train your brain to get to flow state as fast as possible. I can do it in less than 30 seconds now and to write in flow state for the whole time. So you're not only putting down the fastest words you can get, but you're doing the best words you can get.
1: That's amazing. And uh, the book Flow uh, that that uh, concept comes from is, is based off some really si- solid science. So he's not just like making up words here. I can tell you that Flow really is a well-researched thing. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it is also, at, I, you didn't mention this, I don't think, but it also makes it more rewarding. Like being in Flow is what makes video games so fun. It makes It's what makes watching a movie so fun. So you actually will enjoy the writing more if you're in Flow while you're doing it. Agreed. All right. Step four is record the results. So you can't really fix
2: something that you're not tracking. And I, I learned this when I was losing weight. Um, I, I lost uh, 90 pounds at one point. I've, I've since added 20 of it back, but, <laughs> but at one point i had lost 90 pounds. And, and how you do that is you track meticulously every calorie that goes into your body. And in that same way, I track my writing. So every single time I finish a writing sprint, I write down the time that I started, the time that I stopped and the number of words that I got down and, and all sorts of interesting things start coming to light as you do this over time. I learned that I write faster in the morning than I do in the evening. Um, and I learned that if I have a sprint that's longer than 20 minutes, I tend to slow down my productivity. So those those types of sprints work for me, whereas some of my students will go for a full hour and that works better for them. So, I track, again, everything that I write, and I do that because tracking things enables you to improve it. And and you really don't even have to do that much. Your brain is automatically going to try to make things more efficient. If it knows that today you're able to do 1,100 words, tomorrow it's probably going to try to push you to 1,150.
1: There's a saying in business, what gets measured gets managed. And often all you have to do as a manager to improve the performance of your employees is is measure them. (laughs) And this applies to uh, measuring yourself as well. So this is really solid. Okay, final step. Learn from the work. What is this? I I talk to so many writers, and, and part of the
2: reason why they haven't published their first novel is they're worried about what the world is going to think. And what I tell these authors is that you are not the words. If theoretically we all need to crank out, you know, two million words before we're good, how you do that is finishing stories. So when you're done in in the fifth step, you take these words that you've written and you read them critically and you spend as much time as you need figuring out what can be improved and what you can do better as an author because this is like the recovery part of working out. This is where you are actually growing as a writer when you're studying and revising those words and learning how to do it better next time. And oftentimes for new writers, it's easier to do that if you have a writing coach or a developmental editor that can sort of shine the spotlight on your flaws. But however you do it,
0: Look at that writing and see how you can do it better. Okay, so Chris, I I love the things you've said here, and you've taught this. You've gotten feedback, I'm guessing, from a lot of writers at this point who have tried it. What blocks have you seen them come up against um, as they step into trying this method?
2: So I've worked with, wow, like, I don't know, 25,000 authors at this point have picked up the system. I would say probably about 5% of those authors simply cannot turn off their inner critic, um, and, and they're unable to do the allowing typos to slide and just write as fast as you can. And to those people, I say, if, if you try it and it's really not working for you, you can remove the writing sprint part of it. Um, that's the number one hurdle. Uh, I don't hear a lot of other hurdles beyond that, except for people trying to set too aggressive of a goal or to set too long of a timer. I'm a huge fan of... So like a five minute timer for a writing sprint when you're first getting started and, and maybe make your, your daily goal like a thousand words, not 5,000. And turn off spell check for five minutes so you don't get all those red squigglies. <laughs> yes, if that bothers you and, may, and you have to go back and fix those and some of us have that OCD tick, then yeah, just turn it off and you can always turn it back on later.
0: Well, and I love what you said earlier. And I think I want to emphasize this, that you're saying, hey, I found out my my perfect sprint is 20 minutes. Somebody else, it might be 15 minutes. For somebody else, it might be 35. So to experiment and find out what your optimum sprint distance or sprint time is. Exactly.
1: Uh, So uh, do you have any tools to make writing faster, easier? Like, what do you use? What is your writing environment? So my writing environment is, has changed over time.
2: I used to be a huge proponent of dictation, and this is because uh, my time was very limited. So what I would do is I would walk to the bus stop, and then for the first 10 minutes while I waited for the bus, I would speak into my headphones. It looked like I was talking in an iPhone, and I'd record those words. And then when I sat down on the bus, I would dump them into the Dragon app, and I could pour those words right into my existing manuscript. So dictation, if you are starved for time, it, it's a skill like anything else. It takes some time to learn. You have to speak your dictation. But it can dramatically accelerate the writing and dictation is why the name of the book is 5,000 words per hour. Um, I can theoretically type 5,000 words per hour, but realistically, the only times I've ever hit that is when I was using dictation because the human, um, an average human will speak 150 words a minute versus, you know, typing closer to 50.
1: And uh, we will do an episode on dictation at some point in the future, because I know a lot of authors who use this and it is a learned skill. It's not just uh, as simple as talking into a voice recorder, although maybe for 10 minutes you could get away with that. But if you're going to write a whole book in dictation, there's some there's some tricks to it. I know Joanna Penn is a big advocate of dictation. She uses it uh, quite a bit. Um is uh, uh, Chris, a couple more questions for you. One is, is it better for writers to practice this on a piece they're em- uh, not as emotionally invested in, or does it not really matter? I don't think it really
2: matters. Um, I know people that are using this for their thesis or for college homework or, or other things. Anything you're writing is going to get you into the right habits. So if you can start with something you're not emotionally invested in just for practice, I think that's a great idea because we have less ego associated with it. But you know, if this is the, the book you've always wanted to write, don't let that stop you.
1: All right. So uh, I want to put this into practice today, let's say. What do I do? What, what tips do you have uh, for somebody who they're going to hit stop on the podcast and they're immediately going to try to write their 5,000 words? <laughs> okay. I w- well, first I would go to chrisfoxwrites.com and I would download the 5,000 words per hour book and read
2: it, which would take you about an hour. But assuming you didn't want to do that, <laughs> I would get on a stopwatch a pad of paper uh, or a spreadsheet, whichever you're more comfortable with, and I would set that timer for five minutes and force yourself to write full tilt and see what happens. And just look at the words when you're done. Count up the number, it'll probably be very low. And, and you know, usually most people are disappointed with their first writing sprint, but just try it out and, and see what happened. And then make a deal with yourself that every day for the next week, at that same exact time, you are gonna do one five-minute writing sprint and you're gonna keep practicing and see how it goes. And at the end of that week, make a decision if this process is working for you. You know maybe invest a little bit of time in reading the book and set it up so that you're tracking all of your writing on the spreadsheet or this pad of paper that you're using.
1: That's right. And for those of you who have my book progress, the WordPress plugin, it actually has a dashboard where you can put in your daily words uh, that you're writing. It will give you charts and graphs and emails and encouragement as you go. So for the, I know many of you are using my book progress. That's a uh, great way to do it, and it even shares your progress with your readers and helps you build your list. Speaking of lists, though, Chris, you actually have how to write. Uh, 5,000 words an hour for free. Is that right?
0: What? What are you kidding I me? Do. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they don't have to go buy it. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs>
2: been free for, for pretty much since it was released. And, and ironically, even though it is for free, I have still sold 25,000 copies of that book. Wow.
1: So uh, we will have links for those of you who would like to buy a copy for money on Amazon uh, in the show notes. So you just scroll down in your app or for those of you who want to get the book for free uh, in exchange for your email address on Chris's list, we'll have a link for that uh, for you as well. It's your choice. Uh, you can also not buy it, but if you want to pay money or not pay money. It's up to you. <laughs> but uh, I will say uh, you can unsubscribe from Chris's uh, emails if you don't find them helpful. So I would recommend the free one. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, where can people find out more about you. I already mentioned it,
2: but I'll say it again. ChrisFoxWrites.com. I've got a YouTube channel um, with hundreds of videos uh, to help you improve in every aspect of writing. I've got articles uh, and other resources all available there. And then, of course, all of the books, fiction and nonfiction, can be found at that website.
0: Thomas, do we have a sponsor for the Novel Marketing Podcast this week?
1: Yes. So
0: the book launch
1: blueprint. uh, Thanks uh, to those of you who've registered already. If you are on the fence, just realize there is only three days left to register. Uh, Registration ends at 11.59 p.m. on August 31st. uh, So you can find out more about that at novelmarketing.com. This is a a small group of folks or a a focus group of folks that uh, Jim and I will be working with personally to help you launch your books. If you want a team of people to help you launch your book, I really do think you should check that out. And if you want to know more, just listen to episode 150. We talked a lot about it, so I won't talk about it too much here. Uh, But uh, do check that out, novelmarketing.com. And we have a featured patron.
0: We do. Our featured patron this week is Cheryl Elton. She's written a book, Pathway of Peace, Living in a Growing Relationship with Christ. Pathway of Peace explores key areas of life that help cultivate, cultivate enduring peace, including handling stress, which happens to us writers, quieting the mind, and forgiveness. Rich scriptural insights and inspiring stories will encourage and help you develop, develop a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace.
1: And Cheryl, thank you so much uh, for being a patron. If you want to learn about uh, becoming a patron and get our special patrons only podcast episodes, uh, which there are two every month, you can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash
0: novel marketing. You have been listening to James L. Rubart, Thomas Umstead Jr. and our special guest, Chris Fox on the novel marketing podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online and everywhere in between.